I'm going to come before God and I can't say that I loved him well enough. I cannot say that my soul was wrapped up in him the way that it should have been. I cannot say that I did everything right or that I changed enough or that I behaved well enough. All I can say is that Jesus Christ died for me and that is the only hope that I have. Can I get in on that? And we're going to all be really, really incredibly joyful to hear, welcome, my child. You have been faithful because Christ has been faithful. Hello and welcome to God is a Dad podcast, where three couples get together and talk about how God parents us so that we can try to parent our kids a little more like him. This week we got a really fun episode with the two ladies from Risen Motherhood, Laura and Emily. They're of course both moms, Laura has three kids, Emily has five, they're both from the great state of Iowa, and when they're not taking care of their family and their kids, they run a podcast helping moms everywhere discover how the gospel affects every element of their life. They've got a book that by the time you're listening to this episode has probably already been released called Risen Motherhood, and we wanted to talk with them about some of the more interesting points from that book. I read a few chapters of it, and I had a lot of questions, actually. Uh, It's just stuff that I wanted to talk with them about and have them go a little bit deeper into, because I thought there was a ton there and some really cool stuff we could explore. And there was actually so much, we decided to split it into two episodes. So we'll be back next week with more from them. Uh, And I'm actually especially excited for next week's episode, because we get into a pretty lively debate with them, into something that if you listen to their show, you'll be pretty familiar with, and something that they've got some questions about before in the past from listeners. So if you like debates, look forward to that. And I promise if you're a dad listening right now, even though their podcast and their book are titled Risen Motherhood, I promise that this conversation will have plenty of good stuff for dads. We keep it pretty focused on central parenting issues that kind of apply to both parents. So don't you dare skip this one just because it's moms talking. We've got a lot to learn from the moms out there. Last thing before we get started, we will be giving away five free copies of their new book, Risen Motherhood, through our Instagram account this week. And the good news for you is the last time we did a book giveaway, which was, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago, we only had about 20 people enter. So you'd have a pretty good chance of winning. So stay tuned into IG for that. But let's go ahead and get started. These moms have a lot of good stuff to say. Well, thanks for uh, doing this for us. Uh, Thanks for looking out for little guys. That's pretty cool. No, we're happy. Thanks for having us. We're so happy. Yeah, I definitely wanted to have Nicole on because I mean, I don't. I sorry, I don't listen to your your podcast. Actually, I know, crazy. I mean, I have listened in, and I've listened to a couple ones that Nicole recommended to me, and I just listened to one that you did with Jared. So I, I'm I'm familiar. But I thought it would make sense, a lot of sense to have a you know a full. I mean, have you listened to every episode? Probably. Yes. Yeah, I think she's 100 100 listener. So I thought that would make a lot more sense to have someone who's a lot more informed, but do it. So. Yeah. I'm so happy you're here, Nicole. It's a happy surprise. That's good. Fun. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really like to, I don't know. Uh, I'm a pretty bad interviewer, I think, because I, I think they're, uh, I, I don't like them when they're, when they seem corny, when they seem like pretty contrived and stuff. So that's why I started recording. I'm not going to introduce you. I hate doing that. I hate being here <laughs> have with us today. So I'll introduce you off mic or whatever. <laughs> but you know, basically, I mean, I just let's just have the convo. We yeah, know. Exactly. I teed no, it no, up I for Emily. <laughs> depending on how friendly I, I get the impression that you're feeling today i might try to uh, disagree with you guys on a, l- a couple things but I, or i might just keep it cordial i'm not sure <laughs> all right watch out we can blacklist you we'll do it do it <laughs> please do uh <laughs> but no i i read the first two chapters and then i think the last chapter of your book and man it it's really cool. I mean, I knew what you guys were doing was obviously cool. I knew that God's hand was on it. I knew that, you know, he was blowing it up and stuff. But I think I understand like fully why now, because I just think that 
the message you are sharing is the message that all all people need. And so I know that um, you typically talk to moms, right? You're a mom, obviously two moms, and you and you speak to moms. And your podcast name is Rosa Motherhood. But I don't know. As I was reading those chapters, I know I'm sure you get more in the weeds and get a little more specific later on, uh, from what I could tell. But the first two and last chapter of the book, I thought there's basically no difference between what moms need and what, what dads need. Because those are the kind of conversations we like to have. I'm just kind of bored in the weeds, even even with dad stuff, uh, and especially with mom stuff. So uh, <laughs> so we like the, yeah, we like the bigger conversations, the yeah. our overarching, you know, how do we become better parents and, and talking about the commonalities between fatherhood and motherhood. And so I guess, you know, your book is all about the gospel, I think. And that's, and I think specifically you talk a lot about the hope that the gospel can bring. And so I just kind of want to give you a space to kind of explain like the words gospel and the words hope are big words that can mean lots of different things, lots of different people. So can you just kind of go a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper into what those two words mean, specifically how they combine together for parents in life? Yeah, I think, you know, gospel is just the good news. And I've been thinking lately, um, it's actually one of my sons is having a birthday today and he has, you know, significant special needs and developmental delays. And one thing we've experienced a lot in his life is bad news. You know, it's going to a doctor's appointment and hearing something that we weren't expecting to hear, hearing something that makes your stomach sink and your chest feel heavy and makes you worry about the future and feel like hopeless. And I think whenever you hear bad news, it primes you for good news. And it allows the good news to be really sweet if and when it comes. So I don't know what type of good news we will have for our son's health and our life, but I know that the gospel is such good news for the soul that has recognized the weight and the horror of sin and what that means for our relationship with God being severed, what that means for our inability to stand, you know, on judgment day before him. And that is like kind of doomsday (laughs) language that we don't talk about in normal life, but Mm. we have to start there. And I think when our hearts and our souls are starting from that place of this is the bad news. And I feel Mm. humbled and broken over this when somebody comes in, just like we hope a doctor does into a room and says, I have good news for you. I have good news for you. It's like that weight comes off, right? And the good Mm -hmm. news is that Jesus died for our sins, that he made a way for us to be reconciled to the father. And that's our only hope. We didn't have to do anything. It's a free gift, you know, by grace through faith. And it it truly then goes on to not only secure our salvation before the throne, but it also changes us. And it means that we have hope and we have help that's ever changing. And so that's kind of how I guess I would describe the gospel to somebody who's wanting to know, like, what does that word even mean? It's just the big story of how God Mm -hmm. saves and redeems us through his son, Jesus Christ. So I don't know if you want to take the word hope, Laura. That's another oh, That's another one to break down. I feel like you teed it up pretty well of that gospel, that gospel hope. I mean, I think that that is, as you were talking about being a part of a bigger story. Mm-hmm. And for us, when we rightly view ourselves and who we are, we are pretty small potatoes. And many of us have a tendency to think of ourselves much more highly than we ought or maybe much more lowly than we actually are. But I think when we look at 
where we are in the bigger story that God's writing. We recognize that this life is not all there is. And just like Emily's talking about her child with special needs, I have a child with special needs. We have bonded over that. We've cried over that. We have talked about that around and around, but we know that like, this isn't all that there is for them. And me as a sinner, I know that this isn't all that there is for me. And so the gospel that Emily's talking about, that Jesus Christ came and made a way for just the the absolute worst of us to be able to approach the throne of God with confidence and with freedom, there is no greater hope than that. Mm -hmm. And knowing that someday when we finish this life, may it be 30, 50, 80 years, we're going to see Jesus and we're going to be united with him and all will be well. There will be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain. That is what should propel us and motivate us to live today with lives sold out for the gospel, lives sold out for for Christ, and knowing that all else pales in comparison to the eternity that we're going to spend with Him. And so that means we can face so many things today that we we feel like we don't we're not enough for, or uh, we don't have the strength for. But we can do that because we are rooted in God's love, knowing that there is a, a greater hope ahead that we're pursuing. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys dove right in. Uh, going, going hard and heavy straight away. I wanted to have a deep conversation. No, that's that's. I mean, that's yeah. That totally makes sense. I mean, I think that, I get the sense that that's kind of the 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 people you are and the way you like to think about life. I did have a question though about so like I I mean obviously you know we we connect the idea of gospel being good news, but I, I found that just for some reason when you said that Emily, I I heard that and I was like you know it's interesting that a lot of times we do talk about the gospel in such like a heavy weighty way the good news is like powerful and it's meaningful and it's like the cause it you know it arranges the cosmos and it's how the entire universe works together or whatever but some for some reason when you said good news i thought you know a lot of good news we get in life is not necessarily that type of good news right it's just like good news it's like it's like makes us happy it's like oh i'm glad that happened i'm glad that went my way and so do you think it also in, involves and incorporates some of like the the smaller like little tiny you know like happy things in life too oh yeah yeah for sure I love that God's, you know, goodness and his good news means that we get to enjoy things, right? I think when we have the deep gut-wrenching question of our soul, you know, answered, it means that like I can have a meal with my family and enjoy good food and just say, thank you, God. And we see all of that in the New Testament of just giving thanks for whatever God has given us. We get to enjoy a moment with our children with this freedom. Because again, once we are a child of God and we're brought into his family, well, you know, my children don't spend a bunch of time sitting around thinking deep thoughts about how she's my mother and I am her child. Um, No, like we just play together and they talk to me and, you know, they, they call my name and we laugh together. I was just thinking yesterday, my daughter She's two. She just wanted to sit on my lap. We had nothing going on. And she put a bug sticker on her hand. And for literally seven minutes, she just sat there and covered the bug with her hand and was like, where'd bug go? And then uncovered it. (laughs) And we just did that forever. And I was like, there is no, there is no deep thing in this moment, except that we love each other and we're having Mm -hmm. fun together. And I think that we get that. That's good news in our relationship with God. We get to just enjoy little things in life. Yep, for sure. Uh, <laughs> for sure. That's, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's, you know, we're kind of all about things being fun. So, um, that, yeah, that sort of leads into my, 
I, I had my, so, you know, I had my plan for you to go through and like, you know, the, so the middle part of your book, you talk about all the specific applications, right. Of like applying the gospel to all these different, I don't know how many, like 12 or 13, it seemed like different, different categories. Um, but the last chapter, like I said, I read was what I was really interested in because basically what I felt, what, what I feel like this question I've been asking myself for 12 years now, I would say in earnest is how do we actually change as humans? How do we actually become better people? So it feels like if I was to describe your book to people, it's it's a little bit like a cookbook in the sense of like the first the first part you're saying like this is why it's important to eat healthy, like why healthy eating is important. And then the middle part is kind of like here's all these recipes for, mm-hmm. you know, all the ways to combine this healthy eating and just if you make these foods, then you'll be healthy. And then the last section is you trying to help people be like, okay, now that you know healthy eating is important and now that you know how to eat healthy, here's how you actually start eating healthy. Because mm-hmm. it's it's less about knowledge, right? It's less about knowing the right answers and the truth. And it's more about actually just being like, okay, like I hear them, they're right, and now I'm actually going to do them. And for me, that's that is the existential question that Christianity needs to answer is how we bridge that gap or like what it actually takes to move from all the teaching and all the knowledge about what is the right behavior into actual right behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the chasm I think that I have not heard explained super well for me, like how to do that. I feel like there's three things, and you actually said several of them. It was kind of funny. I feel like the advice a lot of people give is sort of fill your mind with the truth, right? So like listen to teachings, read the Bible, go to church and listen to pastors talk, like let people say the truth over and over again, like remind yourself of the truth. And then the second piece of advice that I think people give is surround yourself with like-minded people, like getting communities around people that are, that are living the way that you want to live so that they help you live that way. So you had like, remember the gospel, rehearse the gospel, and then you had apply the gospel. And to me, that was like the one, like that section, when I read it, I was like, I want an entire book on this, on this, this section right here. And I think it was about two pages because I was like, Mm -hmm. this is the thing. This is the chapter that I don't really know how to do it. I I would love for somebody, you know, Risen Motherhood Part 2 to be like, (laughs) this is how you apply everything we said, actually, like in the heart level. I'm not actually sure it can be written in words because I think it's something spiritual that happens. But I just wanted to, to like, can you talk about if you were to give moms the actual advice, like, so they've read your book, they know how, they know how you apply, they, know all, they have all the knowledge. But if mm-hmm. someone's like, Laura, Emily, I've read your book. I think you're right about every single thing you wrote in that book. I totally agree with you. But it's still, it's not translating into my daily life. Like, it's hard for me to actually take it and actually become the person that you're describing in this book. Like, what, what would your advice be mm-hmm. to that person? Interesting. Yeah, I think... I think you're right that there is a little bit of a confounding nature to it that is beyond our understanding. And I think at a level, right, the Bible says the gospel is the power of salvation for those who believe. And so this good news has some type of power that like we're not able to, you know, manipulate in all the ways we want to or think we should. And so I think there is a level at which we throw ourselves before the throne. We're praying, we're doing all these things that Mm -hmm. God is responsible through the Holy Spirit to apply the word and to change our hearts and that our, our hearts lead to changed behavior. And I would agree with you that there's a disconnect there. I have a lot of different thoughts. So I'm just going to kind of start throwing them out. <laughs> yeah, love so it, love first it. off, like that That's disconnect leaves us dependent. So if I automatically got better every time I was like, God, I just like so frustrated with this sin and I just really want to change this. And then like, okay, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to change it. And then like the next day I changed it and I never struggled with it again. 
I think my heart would start to just like shimmy back from God. (laughs) And I would just be like, (laughs) okay, like I've got like, look, all I have to do is just like think this thing and then I'm different. And I think the greater point of the really, our relationship with God, our Christian life is that we remain in this posture of Mm -hmm. prostate before the Lord, prostrate. (laughs) No, right? Okay, yeah, prostrate. the one where you're laying prostrate. down. I can't laying say it now. Not prostate. Yes, thank <laughs> you. That's an important clarification. Um, but before the Lord, we remain humble and we remain needy and we remain dependent on Him. So I think that's an important aspect to remember. And then I also remember reading and hearing something. Uh, I can't remember who wrote it. It's called like the expulsive power of a new affection. Have you ever heard of this? Anybody? Mm-hmm. No, it's an essay. It's by someone who's not living anymore. It's <laughs> popularly circulated. And the whole idea of it is that we cannot just tell ourselves, stop sinning or tell ourselves like, I'm not supposed to do that anymore. Okay. Just grip my fist and repent, repent, repent. We have to have a new affection. We have to have a better story that we're telling ourselves. We have to, replace a narrative that we've been saying that's untrue or sinful and replace it with a true new narrative. And I think that that's the piece that a lot of us forget that I forget is that it's not just that I stop. It's that I love Jesus more and that there's something about loving Jesus more and loving that story more and rehearsing it that does change me. Although I don't understand how the change happens and I don't understand why it's not faster I think that's a piece that I often hear missing from the conversation is like, well, what are you going to love instead of loving your sin? I don't know. Those are just Oh, interesting. Off. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah. I would concur with so much of what Emily said. I mean, the first thing I thought of was it's a mystery of God, which is sounds like a cop out answer, but I do think there, <laughs> I'm not trying to no, cop out. I'm really not. That's why there's only two pages, Justin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I think I think I like what Emily said a lot about replacing the narrative. And I think remembering that it does take time and practice. And I know that's what we said in there, but we we are such impatient people mm-hmm. and we want yes. results right away and we want to know, well, what's how do I actually fix this? Like, okay, I'm ready to re- I'm rehearsing. Now where's my sanctification? Where's my change? Where's my arrival? And God plays the long game and he does things that we don't understand and we don't know why he does them, mm. but in the end, we know it's for his glory and for our good. And we may not know until heaven. And um, I appreciate too what you said, Emma, about dependence on the Lord. And that if we completely understood this answer, I do think we would lose our dependency on the Lord and we wouldn't recognize, we would think we're deities as well. And we would have no need for the Lord, but I'm not, I'm not sure Yeah, what else to add, but I would like to hear yours, Justin. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, this is the question I've been asking for, for 12 years. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think, um, I think what Emily said really, really excites me and may, maybe will help me be a little, change a little bit more like the new affection thing that you said. So basically like, I think that I've been telling myself this lie that I want to change full stop. Like, mm-hmm. and, and if I can't change it's like, I don't know what to do because I'm like, well, I want to, but I don't know what's happening when the reality is, is I don't think I want to change a lot of the times that I don't and that I haven't, like I can, I could read your book and I could see all these amazing applications of the gospel and motherhood. But then at the end of the day, if you were really get down to the root of my soul, 
I would still be leaning towards and choosing the world and the sin that I'm kind of clinging to. And I can look at it and pretend and lie to myself that I actually want the new truth that you're describing, but actually I haven't let go and have dis- discovered a new affection for the truth of, of God. And so if I was to be more honest with myself and say like, I don't actually want to change. I actually don't want to. And that's why I'm not changing. Then I wonder if it, I would be a little bit more, it would help me kind of launch me into real change if I was to actually admit the true state of my soul. Because I think sometimes we, I lie to myself uh, <laughs> about the good that I want when I actually don't want it. Mm-hmm. That's an important piece that I haven't thought about in a long time. So that's helpful. So, and I uh, think this is interesting because I think this brings us full circle. So if our hope is in our ability to change ourselves, mm-hmm. that's bad news. Because mm-hmm. I think you're right. Deep down, our disgusting, fleshy claws, you know, want to like just hold on to our selfish nature, the thing that we, we're really yeah. honest with ourselves. Yeah, right. We're selfish and like we, we just can't let go of the sin. Mm-hmm. And praise the Lord that that's not what we're hoping in. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if what we were hoping in was our ability to change or let go of our selfishness or let go of our sin, I mean, it's just like that's why we need good news because what you just said is so bad and it's so true mm-hmm. of yeah. all of us that all we can do then when we see that in our soul is I'm not even going to use that prostate word. Of prostate. <laughs> all we can do is throw ourselves at the mercy of the blood of Christ to say, I'm going to come before God. And I can't, I cannot say that I loved him well mm-hmm. enough. I cannot say that my soul was wrapped up in him the way that should have been. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that I did everything right or that I changed enough or that I behaved well enough. All I can say is that Jesus Christ died for me and you poured out all your wrath for that on him. And that is the only hope that I have. Can mm-hmm. I get in on that? And right. we're going to all be really, really incredibly joyful to hear. Welcome my child. You have been faithful because Christ has been faithful. And I have to remember that too. Christ was faithful. Oh no, here we go. Mic drop. <laughs> I was doing, nobody saw that. I just fake mic dropped on the video. You can stop. Okay. You're supposed to continue. Sorry, I got I, one more sentence. I think basically I think people can hear the mic drop in her voice. I think <laughs> I think everybody knows it's going on as you know, yeah, totally. I, I so I've been reading in numbers, Moses, right? And he gets to near the end of his life and his journey. And it gets like, he does that like angry streak and he like whacks the rock with Oof. to get water out. And it's like, yep. you know, God tells him to do it a certain way. And like, he gets mad and does it like a little bit different way. Yep. And you're like, man, I mean, this guy, he's been following God for how many years? And like, he's like about ready to enter the promised land. And he, you know, messes it up again. Gross mm-hmm. But then we go look in Hebrews and God speaks of him. Like he's got perfect faith mm-hmm. and like, done it all well and that's i think what we have to remember of like who we are in christ mm-hmm. it's like we've done it all well yeah. and that's just, like crazy that's just grace mm-hmm. interesting that's mm-hmm. cool i like that yeah that's good uh mic drops are great in podcasts obviously we're all looking for those it's perfect emily thank you <laughs> I, I had i knew it was gonna happen when you're like and this brings us all circle i was like are you a pastor's kid have you like <laughs> and then i knew i knew the mic drop was coming it was gonna be good i was ready it was awesome 
Moms out there, do you wish there was a parenting podcast you could listen to with your husband that you would both enjoy? Well, the good news is this is that podcast. By focusing on big picture parenting questions and having mom and dad voices both represented, we hope to make this possible. So if you are a mom and you are married, please tell your husband about it and see if it might be a podcast you could both listen to that would create really natural opportunities for you to have intentional conversations about parenting. We really feel like when moms and dads get together and talk and process together, that's when real change can happen in families. So hope you give that a shot. Let's go ahead and get back to Laura and Emily. Okay, so the, the, one, the one thought I had, and I, I would love to know what you think about this. Part of what I wonder, uh, and this kind of goes back to like what, what I asked earlier with the gospel being like this heavy, weighty, serious, life-altering, universe-defining truth, is that sometimes like as humans, we're not like always super interested in that, I guess, or that's not like extremely motivating, like all the time. Like sometimes it really is, you know, but a lot of times like the daily stuff and especially the stuff you get into in like the, the middle part of your book, just like the daily grind of motherhood or parenting, we're not thinking about life like that. So my question is, do you think it's fair to say that the gospel makes parenting easier, more fun, and like a happier endeavor because of the truth of the the gospel because i think if like for me if i read that at the end of your book uh or i heard that on your podcast and you were just constantly being like hey guess what the gospel like it's it's the truth it's the way the the universe is it's like all of goodness here but also in addition the gospel will make washing the dishes easier more fun and it'll make you like happier when you do them and it will make changing diapers easier more fun and happier because that's personally what I've experienced, I think, is that it does for me. It makes those little things, all of those things. Because basically, like that, <laughs> the reason we read parenting books or whatever is because we would like parenting to be easier. I think we'd all like to have more fun. And I think we'd all like to be a little happier. Uh, and so I'm just curious if you, like the gospel-centered, basically like mom, pastors, preachers, mic droppers, if you could get behind that. I think that would be like motivating to me to, to, to do the stuff you're saying more is if it was like, yeah, everything's going to be more fun with the gospel. So like, how, do, do you think I'm off? Do you think I'm off by that? Or, do, or like, how, how would well, you, what would I you say? A, about The real question right now is, are you saying that we say the gospel is boring? Do we make the gospel sound boring? No, 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 not boring, <laughs> not boring, like serious, like serious, That's serious, yeah, like, heavy, like, okay. like, a, like a real heavy thing. Uh, well, yeah. Emily is a very serious person, so I think that's your. I also answer. love fun. But she's a goof. Um, no, uh, <laughs> she is. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't let loose very much. Not like this on the show itself. I don't probably talk as fun. But okay, that's not the question. I think. Um, I think yes. The, the short answer is yes, and I think the reason is not to get serious, but I think when <laughs> I can't help Sorry. it when the gospel is fully understood in diaper changing and washing dishes, it's worship. Like yeah. the reason it's fun, the reason it becomes you become quote happier is actually because you're 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 drawing on the joy of the Lord, and yeah. that you're doing what you were originally created to do which is worshiping God. And so I think what the gospel does is it, it does change the narrative of, man, I'm scrubbing the dishes again, and this totally stinks, and I don't want to be here in front of the sink. I want to go read a book. And instead it says, I am so thankful for what God has done for me, what Christ has done for me, that now I can scrub these dishes, and I can see a whole bunch of parallels to the gospel, even while I scrub this dish. And I can also see that God is so gracious to give me kids to eat off these plates and to give me running water and 
all of these things. And I think that it just gives meaning to all of those things, which is what as humans we're looking for. We're all looking for meaning and purpose to our lives. We're all want, we're always worshiping, you know, something and more often than not, that's ourselves. But I think when the gospel is rightly understood, we're worshiping God and that does change something that is boring and serious and heavy and whatever to something that is beautiful and joyful and takes on a certain lightness to it that I think is is what is so powerful about a mm-hmm. life that is transformed by the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that you're transitioning it. Like the, the next step of that statement is our souls are most happy in God. Mm-hmm. And so that's like that idea that that's what we were created for. So anything as small or mundane as it is, if we're doing it, in focus of and in worship of God, our souls will be happy, right? What is it? John Piper's Christian hedonism. Yeah. And I, I think what I would, the nuance or like the caution I would give is I think that our human idea of happiness and our culture's idea of happiness is different than happiness in the Lord. And like, like you're saying, like a likeness or like a, because this has become worship and because I see the greater purpose in meaning my soul feels happier. This is easier. This is what I was created to do. I think the world's version of happy is often a little bit more self-serving. Fun can kind of take on a different meaning. Usually fun is a self-serving thing uh, in terms of our the way our flesh and our mind thinks about it. And so if a mom was going into this thinking, if I apply the gospel, motherhood will be more fun and more happy in the way that I want to be fun and happy of like, this isn't hard anymore. This isn't difficult. The diapers don't smell anymore. There's not as many of these. Like, I don't know if she's going to experience that, but she may experience a better happiness and a better lightness and a better worship in the Lord. And I, I don't know. So it's, it's just kind of that tough, like back to that definition of, well, how are you thinking about that? Mm -hmm. And there isn't anything in this life. Like uh, I think of something like, um, postpartum depression, you know, that mom, I don't know, I'm not a counselor, I'm not a doctor, but like, she may be believing the gospel, she might be putting her hope in God and experiencing a level of joy, but diaper changing in her daily life is still not happy and still not fun. And she's not delivered from that depression yet. And that's, that's a reality of what some women are facing. And so I I don't know, that kind of that tension of like, yes, but we're not yet there. And so might we call that hard? I think I think you personally, yeah, you probably could call that, call that hard. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. I think that's that's great. Yeah. It's great stuff. So yeah. cool. Awesome. Do you want to say anything else? You, you think, I, I didn't let you talk too much. I had too many yeah. questions. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, I think my last thoughts as you were dropping the mic. was that like so much of what we were talking about is related to our perspective. And I just really love what you said, Emily, about turning your affection towards God and, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I think that I have personally experienced that going through my daily life, it's so easy if I'm not spending that time with him and just growing and growing my love for him to just get bogged down in like the world and my flesh and the the things that are right in front of me, but not be transformed by like the reality of the good news and the truth and the life and the hope that it gives me. But like when I just 
am with God the, and my affection grows for him and I love him more, then it's so much easier for me to have that perspective throughout my days or to just like return again and again my my thoughts and my hearts towards him. And then that makes everything easier, I think. Mm-hmm. Amen. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Uh, that's cool. Um, just so you know, I'm not, I, I think you guys should keep being serious and weighty and heavy. Uh, and as, <laughs> as I was, as I was reading your book, I was like, man, yeah, I, I feel, I feel kind of inspired to be, to be a little bit more like this, uh, in, in my, in my life or in my language on our show or whatever. I think, you know, it's, it is, it's super, I mean, it's the core of everything. And I, I really appreciate that you took the time to write a whole book and do a whole show where you just like, you hit the main points over and over and over again and don't let women forget them and don't let moms live a day without hearing, you know, the gospel message in their life. So that's, that's super, super cool. I really, I really hope your book blows up. I, I was shocked at how, how much I got out of that, that read. I really was. I mean, I it was not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not just saying that cause you're on the show and I'm trying to like butter you up or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was really cool. Uh, it was really cool that how, how good of a job you guys did with that. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, uh, where can, you know, you're obviously promoting your book a little bit. So where, where can people get it? Mm. Anywhere books are sold. Mm. <laughs> I think that's the answer. Uh, nice. Yeah, just the main the main booksellers uh, in store and online, of course. So, and then you can look at risenmotherhood.com forward slash book for other options. I think. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously, people should check out your podcast too. It's a great uh, supplementary activity to reading the book too, right? <laughs> so yeah. cool. We'll uh, we'll see you around. Okay, it was really fun to talk to you guys. Yeah, this was Bye. probably one of my favorite combos. <laughs> you got us like completely raw. Like that was like no anything. I know you wanted, and you got it. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I appreciate you playing my game. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're okay if I leave prostate in, right? That's fine. Please Just do, do it. it. Let's do it. It was hilarious. <laughs> I also <laughs> thought so. Cool. Awesome. Later. See you later. Have a good one. That's it for us. Thanks so much for listening. Like I said earlier, we will be back next week with a conversation that I kind of spliced out of the middle of this one where we talk about whether or not motherhood slash parenting is hard, which if you were paying close attention, you might have noticed that Emily referred to it right here. Might we call that hard? So yeah, we spent about a half hour on talking about whether or not parenting is hard. If you listen to their show, you know that the first line of every episode that they open with is motherhood is hard. And that's something that when I've listened to their show, I've always taken a little bit of issue with. And so I just kind of wanted to get them to explain that more. And I thought we came away with some pretty constructive thoughts. So stay tuned for that sometime next week. As always, we'd love it if you would tell somebody about our show, follow us on Instagram, leave a review on iTunes, all the stuff, you know how to do it. Please do. That would really help us out. We'd love that. Be awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Well, I was like, are you a pastor's kid? Oh no, here we go, mic drop.